Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome. This is episode 169 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking and pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and I'm joined this week by a man in his own makeshift home laundry. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you? I'm good, mate. Uh, makeshift home laundry. What are you yeah, saying? Yeah, when you went to go to the toilet before, I turned around and saw the uh, the, the the clothes horse there <laughs> with all the clothes lined up with, uh, lined up behind you there. Strategic. So, you know, oh, that's all. That's all the uh, the stuff. The uh, April went and jumped off the pier yesterday, so it's all beach wear. I think. Oh, nice. The, yeah, just the uh, the uh, the towel and that sort of thing. So enjoyed yeah. a bit of sunshine out there. Yeah, Got out there and uh, we, we, we're very jumped in the icy water at Port Phillip Bay. Very lucky that we're within five k's, bit like self made of the beach, so the, the kids can enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. I, I I don't have kids that enjoy the cold water enough to actually go and jump in the water. So you know, yeah, I, I, usually, I usually run past it and don't actually get get yeah. into it. So yeah, yeah. well, yeah, it's, uh, something for to do. So absolutely, so that, that's what that's that's all about. Thanks for bringing yeah. that to everyone's attention on the on the yeah. If, if you're on the YouTube watching this, yeah, thank Set, you. Setting the picture. If if I stand to the side, you can see a a, a one done puzzle picture and another one that's undone uh-huh. at the moment. So we've finally finished a thousand piece puzzle that's been sitting on the dining room table for uh, the last three weeks trying to get it done. And now we've got it done. I thought, fantastic, you can get our dining room table back. And no, now there's another thousand puzzle going on there. But anyway, um, I I had... do you remember back? Did you ever have the the charcoal powder that at work that you would give to dogs when you... We still have the you charcoal still have the charcoal powder. powder. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I want to hear this. Let's yeah. Go. So, so, so charcoal for 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 the listener at home, um, we have to deal with a lot of dogs eating stupid stuff, and so yeah, you know, whether or not it's it's chocolate or it's raisins or if they've had you know tablets or whatever, after starfish. we've made staff, starfish, starfish, a chocolate starfish, starfish. Like yes, or just just starfish. So we had just the other, a starfish, not, not yeah. the chocolate starfish, but just uh, yeah, yeah. dogs it's have not. plenty of exposure to, to dogs' own chocolate starfish. They, inha- they, they inhale they a lot of chocolate starfishes, but <laughs> I'm no. sure they do. Yes. <laughs> Hello to our friends at Cadbury's who are coming out with their starfish <laughs> range. Um, so uh, after we've made them vomit, we've induced emesis and they've brought all the stuff up out of their stomach. Often we'll send them home with charcoal. Charcoal, the plan being to try and absorb any of the toxin that's still in the dog's gut so that then it gets absorbed up and then it just gets pooed out. And so we'd always used um, the charcoal powder. So we always say to the nurse, right, go and scoop it out of the bucket mm. outside. I say to the owners, mm. just get it ready outside because if it gets in your kitchen, you'll never get it out. So set it all up outside otherwise. And the dog's going to poo jet black. And if you've got a white mm. dog, heaven help you because it's going to look like it's yeah, been doing something very ordinary in the fire, trying to grab something out of the ashes. So, um, but then we thought, oh, maybe there's a better way, Lewis. And so we um, we uh, had a look at some charcoal tablets. And so we've just got these charcoal tablets now. And, you know, dog comes in and, we you know, it's a big dog. We send him away with, a, you know, give him a few tablets every few hours. And, you know, does it work? Does it not work? Well, the dogs don't seem to have a problem afterwards. So we assume that it's going to work. 
but we had a um, an owner ring up and say, oh, now look, I've um, my dog's eaten, you know, it's eaten, maybe he's eaten some chocolate a little while ago, but he's seeming okay. I can't, you know, I can't bring me. Is there anything I can give him at home? I said, well, yeah, said to the nurse, look, tell them if if they want, they can come and pick up some charcoal tablets. They can give him that, absorb up anything that might be there. And so the owner said, oh, I've actually got some charcoal tablets at home. I'll, I'll take a picture of it. I'll email it to you so you can show the vet to see whether or not it's uh, they're the same ones. So email us through this picture. Now, the charcoal tablets, they are – it's a human tablet. It's not a specific veterinary tablet, but it's a human one. But on there it says, activated charcoal tablets for flatulence. <laughs> so the owner has taken the picture of the, the four flatulence charcoal tablets and said, are these the ones that I can use for my dog? Well, yeah, they can. If those are the ones that you've got at home, I'm not going to ask you any questions as to why you've got them at home. But yes, those exact ones. Give your dog a couple of those every couple of hours, and I'm sure that'll be fine. Did you did you then uh, send them a picture back of the uh, the charcoal cushion you're sitting on there today, mate? To to, uh, to say you could just uh, just use use the, the charcoal out of my cushion that I that that's Christina right. makes me sit on at uh, certain times. Perhaps after a, a bean-filled meal yeah, a, or something. A legume, a, a high-legume <laughs> diet. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's sort, or, of, sort of thing that you'd help out with that. Or even uh, the, the Christmas presents she got you with the uh, the uh, the um, the double-sided doona with one side with the, the charcoal infusion for you, mate. Just uh, just like the hot and cold sometimes, you know, yeah. Yeah, Robbie, here's the, here's the charcoal side for you, mate. <laughs> or, 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 a, or a nice lavender candle or something like that. When you were thinking of this, did you think it would go down that way? Did you, did you think we'd bring up your, 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 your soft furnishings in the house that contain charcoal? Did you think we'd end up there? Look, who knows where we end up on this <laughs> gritty, gritty podcast? We could, we could end up anywhere. Exactly, mate. And it brings where are you going to take us? Well, that's right. Another, another little topic. I, and I had a client ring up this week and it was, uh, it was interesting. They, uh, initially come to see Carl and they said, Oh, you know, we've got, uh, got two dogs in the house, um, two young dogs. Uh, I don't know, let's say they're 10 months of age, something like 10, 12 months of age, yep. brother and sister. So, so related from the same litter and, uh, and we, you know, we're worried about the mating. Right. Yeah. Well, legitimate and, fear. Yeah, yes, exactly. And so, well, yeah, that's, we don't want that to happen to. So no. Carl had recommended that, um, that they have, uh, what's called the, a supralorin implant, which is, Oh, yes. A, Essentially, a uh, a hormone uh, sort of implant that you can give to the like, male dogs, like a chemical sterilization. Yeah, and so essentially that fixes the problem in that the the male dog, you know, uh, reduces their testosterone. Uh, it's equivalent of, of castrating, like you said, but yep. not surgically, but chemically. And so that was all fine. They actually came in. I saw them, and I gave them gave them the. Uh, uh, the implant and that was all good. And a, a month later, they, they were ringing me up saying, we want to have a little chat to you. Um, uh, the owner's a little bit concerned about some of the side effects that they're seeing with the, with the, with the medication. And I'm right. like, all right, yeah, all right, sure. Look, I'm pretty busy, but you know, I'm always looking for a bit of podcast stuff. So let's get you on the phone have a little yes. chat. So, so what seems to be the problem? Uh, first, first issue was um, that the male dog seems to now have smaller but softer testicles, soft and supple. It's soft, softer. And I, and I said, how did they know? Yeah. <laughs> Again, and, that was my next yeah. thing. So, so yeah, how, how often have they been squeezing them beforehand and then squeezing up? Does he seem to be as, be um, as, as uh, unhappy when you squeeze them now as what he did afterwards? 
I did say Pixar, it didn't happen. Yeah. And, and I said, you know, what are you basing this sort of suppleness from? Or what this this turgidity in the in the loins of the of, of the of your, your dog? And I, I sort of said, well, unfortunately, that is you know similar to your to your bodybuilder that goes to the gym that's taking the steroids. Yes. They gotta go small. I'm not sure about the softness, but okay. Tick, we'll take that, take that, yep. take as a comment. Yes. And and the second thing that was a side effect that they were concerned about is that the male dog now didn't want to have sex with his sister. And I said to them, isn't that the reason why you came in? in I said, that's not a side effect. That's what we're treating, aren't we? So she goes, oh, yeah, but my husband didn't didn't tell me that that would be a consequence. I said, well, I'm not sure why we're we're going on this. And it was a very interesting conversation. I thought, well, Obviously, Game of the Thrones fans and they're real sort of, you know, Lannister style, you know, where they've got, uh, you know, Jamie and Cersei Lannister, brother and sister, you know, didn't mind getting it on. Maybe, allegedly, you know. And that's why I've never watched Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. <laughs> but, but look, then, then they went to proceed us. Was there a certain, can you give the injection to the female to delay her coming on to season? That, that was a little bit stumped because I, uh, she, I don't think she's had a season, so maybe she's younger than 10 months. But, um, I know you can use the implant, but I just wasn't sure on the potential side effects, given that they're worried about the, the side effects, which were actually the treatment side effects of the male dog. I said, well, I probably wouldn't give it to your female because I'm not sure I can explain all the side effects that are going to happen, which may actually be treatment outcomes. One is of it them gonna, being that's not going to get pregnant. Yeah. Is there any chance that it's going to make her ovary softer and less, you know, it's smaller too, Lewis, you know, if you were to give it to the female, yeah. And, and, uh, and once again, have, how are they, they uh, palpating those ovaries deep up inside of the dog's abdomen? Well, it's interesting that you do mention that because I did say that potentially one of the side effects given to the female at such a young age would be a lack of vulval development. Yeah. Well, again, it would make sense because yeah. it's not going to be getting any of the hormones. I think the, um, and sort of you know, talking off the cuff and we'd have to um, you know, speak to a, a reproductive well, vet. Could, to, could we could we refer listeners to a more cerebral podcast? A more maybe. cerebral, well, yeah, 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 there, there are one or two of them yeah. out there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that would know the answer. cranial process. Yeah, yeah. That would know the answer. Unlike ourselves, it would just go, oh, I don't know. No, no, but, I can speculate. There, there real is world. A you, you can do it, but you've got to get it in at the right time of the cycle. Otherwise, it can actually induce them to come yes. on heat. So yes. I think that's the thing. So you need to make sure you've got your um, the, the female – the female hormone cycle is much more in depth yes. and pulse, pulse, and surging in, yes. uh, in oh. females than what it is in in males. Yes. So um, the Patrick so, yeah. Wright pulse, pulse, surge. Yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, our, our professor of reproduction. Yeah, indeed. But um, uh, you know, given the effects and the chat we just had on the phone, I just I I didn't want to muddy the water into with that. More, more suggestions of, of when we should, you know, perhaps try the treatment on the other dog because they weren't so happy with the treatment outcome for the first one. I said, look, well, give it six months. It'll probably wear off. It, it'll wear off and you'll start to go back to have sex it's with your right. sister again. It, yeah, exactly. I said, maybe we should consider castration at some stage. <laughs> might, be a, might be a good outcome there. So there you go, mate. Grit. And nice. uh, yeah, so, so there you go. And also this, uh, this week I'm actually joined by Olive right next to me. Just on the on the uh, on the desk, you just sleeping oh, in really? front of the sun. You can't see her, but I'm just just giving her a light pat now because I had to uh, 
just uh, give her a little bit of some some medication just to trim her nails. Oh, she was getting a little tappy tappy on the floorboards. Yeah, was she? she was getting she getting hooked. Got hooked on the couch a couple of times. Ah, so I thought okay, I'm yes. trim her. So I have to give her some Zilkeen. Yes. And, uh, 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 who big sponsor of the podcast, but yep. also gave her a little bit of gabapentin. So she, uh, she's thoroughly enjoying it. And I'm not about you, mate, but I find that we find that after she's had a dose of gabapentin, the next day, she sometimes gets, a, or the day after, she sometimes has a little bit of a hangover where she gets a little bit cranky. Oh, really? Cranky? Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, cranky. Yeah. So she yeah. bit Deb on the nose, I think, last oh, time we tuned her nails. So we just got to be a little careful, a little bit sensitive around Everybody it. give her some space. She's right. coming down. She exactly. needs her, she needs her space. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Spot on. Big glass of water and a greasy, uh, greasy hamburger, and she's feeling a lot better, I think. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. just sit her down in front of the TV and she can just sit down and watch, you know, sit down and watch the footy replay if she wants. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The full. Yeah, yeah. The full whole, like, just binge watch it. Binge watch all eight episodes, yeah. all, all, all eight seasons. Go bananas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Exactly. But, of course, big thank you to Zilkeen. Oh, well, it sounds it sounds like uh, it sounds like Olive's enjoying the uh, the benefits of it right now. Oh, she she loves it, mate. And uh, so I got out, got, um, you know, to get her dosed up on, I did get out the special plate from Kmart. Um, oh and just yeah, put, good. Yeah, put you put out a few lines with. Uh, was, was that the know, Bartel? Uh, the Bartel line of of uh, of of crockery. Yes, it was. How did you know? She got around three of her closest friends and Terrific. Just accidentally put a little put a little photo on her eating it off the plate. The, the, the fifteen dollar came up plate or whatever it was. Yep. Oopsie. Um, un- unfortunate. Yeah, you know, but she's got more Instagram followers out of it, so that's always always good. But, always a good start. But but thank you very much to, to Zimke. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're happy to us to to equate it with uh with a little Bartel incident during the during the week. Alpha Cazozapine, a nice natural. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gee whiz, yeah. The the good thing is there's no side effects uh, with the with the Zilkeen, you know, mm. or hardly any side effects. Certainly not any of uh, no media backlash associated with uh, with the use of Zilkeen, um, other than just having a nice, calm, you know, relaxed kitty cat on a Sunday afternoon. Louis. Exactly, that'll enjoy enjoyed a nail, nail trim. So, um, yeah, so we've got those got those nails done. So now she's just slipping it off, and uh, she'll be right as rain tomorrow, ready ready to go and attack us again as usual. Ex- yeah, and and if she does get the munchies, mate, any ideas on what you'd be able to feed her if she does? Uh, <laughs> Well, get a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a munch on. Well, it's interesting to get her onto the uh, you get her the gabapentin and the, the zilkeen. We did have to sprinkle over it a little bit of delicate care. Hey, there we go. It's her favourite food, tasty, uh, really good, high quality food. Um, she just absolutely goes goes absolutely crazy for it. So um, so it was a great way to uh, give her a special treat, extra bowl of uh, of some delicate care. Excellent. Yeah. And now we've got, uh, you know, I've got, uh, they've got the dog version as well. So we've had Rosie on the, uh, Rosie's on their cherish version now, which is their, um, their, their pet, pet store version. Um, so it's still made in the same factory, all the same high quality ingredients and still got all the science that goes into the formulation mm. of the, of the diet too. So, uh, and, so and yeah, design, check out. Designed for low residue as well. So small stools. Small stools, yes. Stools. Yeah. Rosie's still doing three of them at a time when we take her for a walk, but but you know they they might be subjectively smaller, but there's still as many of them as what there was on the non delicate care brand right. of food. But that's uh, right, a dog's gonna poo, mate. It's uh, uh, are, are they softer as well or just smaller? Just uh, just uh, wondering in the same vein. If you well, are you picking them up, obviously. Oh, you, I got my poo scooper, so I, so I don't oh. have to bend over that far to actually oh, right. pick them so up. Not, no handling involved, right? No handling. No, 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 mate. Not these hands. These are surgeons' hands. I'm going to go <laughs> picking up dog poo with these Chris, hands. Christina. Christina, get out. You've done here. another one. Kids, 
Kids, you know your job. What yeah, do I pay yeah. pocket money for? <laughs> <laughs> and also, big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Big, uh, we got a new Patreon supporter this week. Oh, excellent! Uh, Claire, Claire, that uh, I used to um, used to be a vet nurse where uh, um, in Port Melbourne with me. So, oh, excellent! Uh, she was last week. She was on the podcast saying how good uh, her Dante, her Italian grand, loves the the uh, the um, the new the cherish. Yeah, yeah. The, the cherish the, the, the cherish version, right? That's yeah, right. Because yes. I, me- I remember Dante's always always been a bit of a fussy eater. And, yeah, right. Uh, obviously, finally found a food in the cherish that we just oh, going straight for it. And hopefully, Excellent. um, last time I saw Dante he was having a few teeth issues. I think we were trying to just uh do some dentals around, trying to save as many of the little incisors at the front on those little little Italian greyhounds. So hopefully, hopefully Dante's managed to still keep those uh with the, the good cherish food to um to chew on as well and she also did have a comment this week uh when she did get onto patreon and saw some of the great photos we put up there oh particularly, yes particularly her her favorite photo was the little pathetic little scratch you got from the, the mild rabbit. dermatological abrasion that i got from the <laughs> rabbit from the lewis triple response that uh that you had on your uh the uh the arm there mate that was barely visible so go on to patreon listeners if, if, if you too want to see see the the, the Hulk here, it's, it's actually my forearm arm as well. So it's uh, I was flexing while I took it. So maybe Your that's forearm the forearm arm. My forearm, as in for I'm doing forearm, I'm playing tennis. Oh, you know? oh yes, my serving do, arm. Doing a lot so, of that these days, yeah. A lot, a lot, yeah, up against the, the, the walls here at home. Um, well, I did, so did call you the claw at uni, the claw. Just yeah, and why did, why, why did they, why like did they call me that again? Yeah, because because one arm was just so much bigger than the other ones. I th- was that tennis or something? Anyway, mate, we'll, <laughs> don't no, squash. No, it was squash it, Uni. Squash. Oh, squash, squashing. Yeah. Anyway, back, somehow we get back onto the the the, the softer, smaller. Anyway, don't, yeah, right, we yeah. on. Um, so uh, I found an article this week um, in the Age. I'm um, called "Illegal Pet Sales Rise as Lockdown Adoption Boom Clears Shelters." So this is something mm. we've been again speaking about um, a little bit about as far as with scams happening with people that have been going out and uh, buying a. There's not a lot of animals in shelters at the moment. Everyone's screaming for puppies. So unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are being taken advantage of. So this is from Emma Pearson, and it was uh, published on September the 9th. When a man calling himself Rex handed Navinka Curtin's daughter a tiny ragdoll kitten from the back of his four-wheel drive in South Melbourne. So you might have been party to actually see this, Lewis. Miss Curtin thought they had finally found the perfect feline for their family. Looking back at the interaction, she says the red flags were clear, but seeing her daughter's face light up as she cradled the kitten in the street, emotions took over. Within days, they were racing the kitten, named Howie, to an emergency vet after he went limp, clinging to life. They realised they'd been duped by a charismatic, illegal backyard breeder. Oh, no. Is it, be- was, it, was one of the red flags their surname, do you think? What's that? Re- Rex. Curtains? Rex, oh no, no, no cur- cur- curtains. I see what you did. Yeah, see what I did there. We believed everything he said, but as soon as he, as soon as we told our vet we'd bought Howie off Gumtree, their hearts sank. Miss Curtin said. Ooh, so well, that's, that's that is true. That's often a pretty common thing when they come and go. So where, where we are? Oh, so where'd you get it from? We got it off yeah. Gumtree. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, well, with the mask on, it's it's much easier to hide that kind of. Sinking of the heart, isn't it, these days? Yeah. But yeah. Well, at, at least this kitten does actually look like a rag doll. I've seen a few rag dolls that have been purchased recently that have actually 
Locked, looked a lot more like domestic short-haired cats. Like, you know, they just, they come in, they're looking just like a nice silver tabby. I go, I don't, I don't think he's a pure breed ragdoll. Oh, but yeah. they, the breeder said, I understand what the yeah. breeder said, but I'm, yeah, Look, I, so what, I don't say anything now. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm very reluctant to, unless they really push it and I'll go, well, it doesn't, not sure it looks like, let's do a little Google search on ragdolls and just sort of, yeah. oh, mm, okay. <laughs> so you got a black cat there and this is what a ragdoll looks like. Mm, I, yeah. yeah, right. Okay. One Different. of these cats is yeah. not like the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, the RSPCA and animal welfare advocates say COVID-19 restrictions and booming shelter adoption rates are prompting more Victorian families to turn to the internet to find a pet. They say many are unknowingly fueling the illegal sale of pets from puppy farms and illegal backyard breeders disguising themselves as legitimate salespeople. Buyers often spend thousands and leave with sick kittens and puppies. Lost Dogs Home spokeswoman Susanna Talevsky said the pandemic had led to record demand for dogs and cats. In August alone, 416 adoptions were recorded, double the average pre-pandemic rate. Supply to meet the demand has been scarce. While she welcomed the rise in adoptions from rescue groups, Ms. Tavelsky was particularly concerned at a recent increase in the number of puppies and kittens aged under one being dumped at shelters, many arriving with health and behavioural issues. She said it was believe many of these animals have been found online and bought from illegal breeders yeah they might have still been bought from legal breeders but people just going actually you know what this dog is actually not what i expected it to be um i i think we need to fold and start again mm, yeah well it seemed like a good idea getting a puppy um you know when when we're all at home and stuff and maybe maybe that just hasn't come to fruition mm, yes mm. um some have never seen daylight. They don't know how to walk around because they have been confined to such small quarters. So we'd hate to think that kind of industry has been kept alive because of the shortage of at shelters right now. I think we might have there might have been a bit of a mixed messaging there between puppy farms and and animals. I mean, if animals if animals are being surrendered to the RSPCA by uh, or the lost dogs home at one year of age, not necessarily going to have been from puppy farms. Are probably just going to be ones that have they have, might not have been socialised properly. Certainly, but um, yeah, we are asking yeah, for anyway. people to be yeah we are asking for people to be patient and wait for animals to come back through the shelters soon because they really need you. They're the state's most vulnerable cats and dogs, and they will need your help again save yourself the heartache and your money and do your research you should be able to freely attend sellers premises and look around to see the conditions the animals are being held in don't take their word for it i think that's very very good that's a massive thing i think like that yeah. that is huge that uh, you know it's a that can give you the best indication i think of where you, you know where the puppies come from is if you can visit the premises and yeah i don't know about you mate but i reckon it would be 10 percent of the new puppies that we see where owners have actually been able to, I mean, this COVID makes it hard, mm, but even, yeah. you know, they're like, Oh no, flew it down from Queensland or they came from WA or yeah. no, I couldn't get to see, but they managed to meet me halfway at yeah, the service yeah. station. And we did a changeover, which saved me driving all that way. That's, that's just a big, big red flag. If you can't see the premises and, and it's you can't see mum and dad. It's interesting you say that too. Cause like we are talking about it. Um, Cause I've had like four, um, four, different people contacting me today about their dogs or getting dogs or something like that. So right. um, yeah, just, just nice on a Sunday. You know, it's, it's fine. I don't mind. Um, but um, uh, do you want to, do you want to give out your mobile mate? Do you, uh, yeah. do you, do, is that, is that what you're saying? You don't mind Absolutely. people contacting you at any on time? A, on a, particularly yeah. on a Sunday morning, yeah. it would be, uh, I mean, uh, anyone that's, 
I've got no problems at all with her. The, pe- the people that have my mobile number contacted me. That's fine. Uh, what about anyway. someone you went to prep with who you just haven't really spoken to, like just maybe Absolutely. You know, like went oh, to school if, with, primary school with or something a couple uh, of years if, ago? Particularly if it's Mrs. Mrs. Betteridge, my, my prep teacher. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to hear from her if she's still around. I was um, going to say, mate, <laughs> you're not that young. That no. She might not no, be. No, neither, neither was she 35 no. years ago. So, oh, you know. oh, Beryl might not be with us anymore. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, Beryl Butteridge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh yeah, yeah, so 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 um, I was talking to Christina about um uh, about our friends that were um they've just got their name down for a puppy that's been um born um up in regional Victoria, um and Christina made a good point that because demand is so high for puppies, you know, pe- potential owners you know sometimes are not actually given the option of uh mm-hmm. of going and meeting because they go well hang on if you don't want to if you're going to be yeah. too hard. I've, I've got 20 other people yeah. that are on my waiting list that are screaming yeah. for a puppy. Um, and so sometimes people just aren't getting the options now, which isn't good, yeah. but it is the reality of what we're seeing at the moment. But I think you still can find those breeders that actually interview you. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? You still hear yeah. that occasionally where they go, oh, well, you know, they wouldn't give me a dog, you know, and, and this and that. And I had to say I'm a vet and, you know, I had to, you know, do this. And, um, and I've heard of people not giving even vet friends a dog because they said, well, you're a vet, you're too busy, you're never home. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, dog's not suited for your environment. So there, there still are those those people, but I do agree, mate, it makes it really hard, yeah, if, um, you know, you struck off the list because you want to go, you know, travel to to, to see the puppy farm. Yeah, go, yeah. No, no, forget that. We can, uh, we can easily just sell it to the next person on the list. But interestingly, the sale of puppies in public places became illegal as part of the 2017 Puppy Farm and Pet Shop Amendment to the Domestic Animals Act. Oh, I didn't know that. No, Mm. me neither. Um, RSPCA Victoria's new Chief Inspector Michael Stagg said the Act made it clear that all dogs and cats must be sold from either a registered domestic animal business, a private residence, or at a place where an animal sale permit is in place. He said the RSPCA had noticed a rise in calls from the public about illegal sale of animals during the pandemic, and it believed some of the pets were coming from intensive breeding operations. High demand for pets during the pandemic meant many Victorians sought alternate sales channels and unknowingly purchased animals from illegal businesses that sell animals from public places to hide the location of their operations, he said. Data from the anti-puppy farm campaign Oscars Law shows a 25% increase in tip-offs about illegal breeders since its hotline started in the start of 2020. Last month, Mornington Peninsula Police arrested and charged a woman after she made $31,000 from five alleged French bulldog puppy scams advertised online over the previous 15 months. Detective Acting Sergeant Catherine Weeks said that while police appreciated that people may look for a furry friend to get them through lockdown, the current environment was allowing opportunistic scammers to take advantage of people and their families. Miss Curtin said her family was still coming to terms with being scammed, paying $2,000 cash for what they were told was a healthy purebred kitten as little Howie recovers at home from numerous vet visits. Wow. Gee whiz, yeah. eh? Yeah. I wonder if that scam I had, I did have a client come in the other day said that their mother had been done for $8,000 in purchasing a puppy that never turned up during pandemic. Oh, really? So maybe that's a sort of scam. Oh, 30,000, yeah. five French Bulldogs. Maybe that was, yeah, buy the Bulldog, but never turned up. 
Who knows? Yeah. Well, that's what I said to the. That's what I said to these friends of mine. Yeah, that they're um because it's in regional Victoria. Their brother actually lives in the same in the same regional ah. centre, and so I said, "Terrific, get him to go and have a look at the puppies when they're mm. and and they're not taking um uh, deposits until the pups are three to four weeks of age. Again, a good sign. So like all mm. of the signs are good for this one, but there's just so much out, so many issues that people are having. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Can the brother, you know, sort of can he, you know. Perhaps put on the camo, get all camoed up, and you know, at night, coming around the back, around the back sort of back lanes, yes, jump the fences, you know, hands and knees, and get in there and just check the the veracity of their claims or not. Is 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 likely just a ding dong? Well, as long as you're not a cat burglar, mate, because if you're a cat burglar, then that'd be, that'd be shit. Yes. I see no, what no you're good. doing there. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, um, you know, if you are going to go and get puppies, guys, be careful, be careful, you know, but yeah. there's, it, it is hard, you know, it's hard. Everybody wants a puppy and there's not, you know, there's not a lot of them around. Um, there's actually, I found another interesting article. I won't go into it this week, but um, yeah, a, an article from America where then they talk about the, um, the, the impact that the um, successful spaying and neutering that we've had through um, you know, over all of mm. these last few years that now that then that's limiting the availability of puppies and things like that too. And then that gets us into the, the lovely murky world of yeah, backyard breeding, but not necessarily being a, back, a bad backyard breeder, if you know what I mean. But yeah, anyway, right. we'll leave that for another day. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What, um, just a bit of uh, uh, some interesting stuff. We talked about ivermectin. Uh, yes. Last week, and how there's um, you know, so ivermectin is a drug that vets traditionally use for worming and parasite parasites prevention yes. in in uh, you know, well, in horses and livestock, and uh, occasionally uh, dogs, I suppose, as well. And uh, in the black and white just, days, yeah. yeah, that's right. And it's interesting reading about you know all the people taking uh, the drug for ivermectin, uh, the drug ivermectin, um, and and their stories, their stories are really heartwarming. Oh, are they good? Heartwarming. Oh, heartwarming. Oh, heartwarming. I see what you mean. Oh, you, you got me there. Just getting the dad yes. jokes. Just nice. keep you coming. Yeah, just trying to, you know, little, little, Lewis's dad jokes segment we could have. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Now, did you want to talk about uh, Ben and Jerry's or do you want me to walk on some shocking news? You hit us with the shocking news, mate. I'll talk about Ben and Jerry's next time. Shocking news, mate, this week. Yes. What's the shocking news? Yeah, you can see where this is going. Well, maybe you can't. Elect- electric shocking? Well, Team wears protective gear to avoid getting shocked while performing surgery on an electric eel at Zoo Miami. Whoa, here we go. Nice. Wow. Did yeah. they unplug it before they did surgery on it? Well, I'm pretty sure they probably anesthetized with a taser, mate. I reckon. Oh, Gee, that's no good. <laughs> it suck. It just, just, just electric shocks. It's just kind of like when you're a kid and you at school and you just run around on the carpet, you know, shuffling your feet and then you jump up and zap your mate next to you. Someone's hair. So, get your back. Yeah. Tes- how's this? This is a uh, Tesla. Oh, good. A 17 year old eel from Peru. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And it was that, is that a, uh, a solar electric eel then versus a, um, a, you know, the, is there any fossil fuels involved in trying to charge up Tesla? Well, that's right. Must have a bit battery on its, pa- uh, you know, battery pack on its, on its back, mustn't it? But interesting. I don't know. I don't know about you, mate. But uh, you know, you've had you've had a Tesla for a few years in the garage at your place. But uh, how long ago they first come out? Do you reckon Tesla? Maybe what ten years max? Maybe. Five? Oh yeah, I, yeah. Maybe. I, do you but, think but, that this could be the where where um Elon Musk got the name? Obviously, yeah. A seventeen-year-old eel called Tesla. 
<laughs> number one, how do you? I mean, does a does an eel have rings on it? Where you know, like a tree, and you sort of chop chop through it, and then you count. Oh, I gather see how old it rings. is. Seventeen yeah. rings on the old old tree. Let's look. Uh, uh, which country uh, are we talking about here? Peru. Peru. Peru, mate. So, uh, well, I'll let you read. Uh, you know, read on about that. But be interesting that they've named it so early before the Tesla was even mentioned. Absolutely, se- yeah. Several growths that need to be removed. Electric eels can generate up to eight hundred volts of electricity through their bodies. So the team performing the surgery had to gear up in special insulated gloves and nets. Right. They used anesthesia to knock Tesla out before they successfully removed the growths on Tuesday. Oh, they didn't use a taser. Okay. Right. The animal health team said the eel is in good health overall and recovering well. The team is now awaiting lab results to determine what is causing the growths. So that's uh, actually interesting little comment. Just the bottom of that it says uh, copyright 2021 Sunbank Television Corp. All rights reserved. This material may not be published, broadcast, rewritten, or redistributed. Whoops. All right. Well, does that include us? Is that we? Is that us? We count as that? We've we've attributed. I'm sure it's okay. Oh, that we yeah. As if long not, as we say, you won't, we say you won't hear this, from? listener. No. If, we, if not, we'll cut this out. And sorry, you missed out. On the and you've never news. heard it before ever again. <laughs> so but, there you go. Did you find yeah. anything out about how long they've had him at the zoo? No, 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 I was looking to see whether or not Tesla actually meant something in uh, in oh, Spanish in to Peru. see whether or not it meant, meant Spaniola. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I couldn't right. find it. Anyway, no, so okay. all advice on this show is generally nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up-to-date information because veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Let us know if we've missed anything or if you need any clarification. Nice, nice. So I, um, I saw an article this week that was really quite interesting, and would you believe it? Was it shocking? Not as shocking as you would have uh, otherwise thought. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. This um, the shocking thing was it took me a lot of actual research to find a little reference of the article that I could understand exactly what what uh, they were getting what at the little study they were talking about. And this is I eventually came up with a good one from myvetcandy.com. Oh, okay, yes. Um, and this is dogs tell the difference between intentional and unintentional action. Oh, okay. Uh, now, it was initially a science alert report from the Science Times, I think. So it sounds like it should be reputable. But their original article, I could not understand what they were talking about. So really, this uh, this hopefully summarised. And I'll let you clarify as we go, Robbie. Might be, uh, uh, will might do. Be best. Yeah, 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 I'll yeah. surmise it and, yeah. and, and sort of, I'll, yeah, yeah, you'll baby bird it into your yeah. ears. Yeah, just bring it down to that. That supralorin testicular-sized, yeah. small and soft, small and soft, supple, small and soft, supple. Yes, yes exactly. yeah, yeah. Bite-sized particles of information. <laughs> Over our long shared history, dogs have developed a range of skills for bonding with human beings. Their ability to make sense of human actions, demonstrated by every sit, lay down, and roll over, is just one such skill. But whatever dogs understand. Whether dogs understand human intentions or merely respond to outcomes remains unclear. Their ability to recognize another's intentions or at least conceive of them is a basic component of theory of mind. The ability to attribute mental states to oneself and others long regarded as uniquely human. Yes. Do dogs have this basic component of theory of mind? <laughs> have dogs learnt the theory of mind when being the ability, told to sit? 
the ability to tell the difference between someone, something done on purpose and something done by accident. Yes. Oh, okay. I lost it. Hopefully listeners still with us. <laughs> To answer this question, a team of researchers in Germany conducted an experiment that examined how dogs reacted when food rewards were withheld, both intentionally and unintentionally. How do you unintentionally withhold something? Exactly. Here we go. This is where it gets right. interesting. Yeah. yeah. They found that dogs responded differently on whether the actions of the experimenter were intentional or unintentional. Right. This, the researchers say, shows that dogs can distinguish between actions that were done on purpose or accidentally. Okay. To reach their conclusions, the researchers conducted an experiment using the, and this is inverted commas. Okay. Unable remedy is. Yeah. Yeah. Unable versus unwilling paradigm. Yeah. It doesn't get any more technical. Clear. Clear. Okay. Yes. Hope the listeners with us. If yeah, not, yeah. A pa- a paradigms a you know a a, a a a complex thought process and and yeah, good. Yep, excellent. Yep. Let's go. Yeah, if um if you want to just fast forward maybe a couple of minutes, everyone. and we can come. We'll be moving on to questions. Anyway, so this works by examining whether test subjects reacted differently towards a human experimenter who either intentionally, i.e., the unwilling condition, or unintentionally. The unable condition withholds rewards from them. Despite being an established paradigm in studies of human and animal cognition, cognition, the unable versus unwilling paradigm had never been previously used to investigate dogs. Because it had previously never been explainable before. Yeah, possibly because no one understood it at all. Certainly (laughs) certainly not on this podcast, maybe. Cerebral. Need a more cerebral podcast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 We need to those dial that up we, the cere- cerebralness. Those that we cannot name and shall not be known, but the <laughs> cerebral ones. The experiment was conducted with 51 dogs, each of which was tested under three conditions. Three conditions. Good. We don't have to it's go good. too many. This should three. be easy. This should easy. be easy. Three. We can three. count number one. Three. We've got enough fingers for this. We can yes. do this. In each condition, the dog was separated from the human tester by a transparent barrier. So plastic okay. wall. Plastic, plastic wall. wall. Plastic Good. Wall. Yeah, we can understand plastic that. Perfect. Plastic, perfect. Perfect. plastic, plastic wall. Perfect. Yeah. Easy. Excellent. The basic situation was the experiment fed the dog pieces of dog food through a gap in the barrier. Okay. Okay. We're a, a bank teller. Dog. We're a bank, bank teller. teller. Yeah. Good. We're a bank teller. Yep. Got the big screens up. No yep. robbers. You know, no. No intentional, unable, unwilling people. No. Taking money out of the till. No, just like a little little doggy ATM machine. The dog just comes up to the screen and you just 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 dip that little bit of delicate care through the hole. Right. Okay. Yes. Through the little thing, slide the check underneath, just slide under the little that, delicate yep. care tree. Just under, under there. Under you go. It, awesome. We're up to date. Okay, we've got four pages to go. <laughs> Basically <laughs> the unwilling condition. Yes. So this is number one. The experiment suddenly withdrew the reward through the gap in the barrier and placed it in front of themselves. So right. I'm just about to give you that $50 note. Yum, 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 you yum. just go to grab it. Yes. And I'll Did whip it away and put it in front of me. Oh, sorry, sir. I've got to count that. Yeah. So that water cash. Let's do a water cash. A water sorry, cash. Just about to get your filthy bits on it. Yes. Oh, I've got it. No, I've got to come back and I've got to count that. So, all right. right. That's and that's unintended. Unwilling. Oh, right. No, don't unwilling. Confuse Sorry, listener. unwilling. No, yeah. Unwilling. Unwilling. Gotcha. Try and stick with us, Robbie. Seriously. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm back on back on track now. Jeez, unwilling. Jeez, mate. So, do you want to go have a coffee? We'll come back. We'll uh, we'll re- <laughs> so Yeah, I'm so, unwilling to go and get a coffee. 
All right, listeners, we're out of time. We might um, (laughs) just (laughs) in the unable clumsy condition. This is new. What's this? Where's clumsy come from? Yeah, where'd clumsy come from? This is number two. How long has that been brought into evidence for? Just now. Right. You weren't with us. You you just micro sleep just dozed off for a second there. Number one, unwilling. Number two, unable clumsy. The experiment brought the reward to the gap in the barrier. Yes. And tried to pass it through the gap, but then in inverted commas, accidentally dropped it. <laughs> accidentally dropped. Okay. Unintentionally. Right. That's, this is their version of unintentionally. Yep. Clumsy. They, they, yes. Clumsy. Accidentally. Yep. So they intended, <clears throat> so the dog's meant to think that they intentionally wanted to give it, but unintentionally dropped it when it actually gotcha. they're intentionally dropping it to, to perceive themselves as, as unintentionally right. clumsy. Yeah, got you now. Yeah, unable clumsy. Yes, clumsy. I'm so with you. You got the water cash. Yep. Just about to feed it through under the teller. Yep, and then hand it to me. Sh- I drop it on the floor. Yeah. Oh, I was oh, going to get it. Well, sorry about that. But you were clumsy. Exactly. In the unable blocked condition. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. The te- the teller window is closed. Uh, yes. Yeah, this you've read this. This is you've easy. Had it. Yeah, mate, mate, you were telling you, me this was going to be difficult. This is Mickey Mouse, man. I just saw you have a big sip of your your uh, your Red Bull there. My you've brain really, juice. You've kicked in. Yes. You've kicked in. This is great. This is good. We're cerebral. All right. So the unable block condition, the experiment again tried to give the dog a reward, but was unable to because the, gar- the gap in the barrier was blocked. It came down. I thought you were a robber. Yes. Straight away. Poof, poof. Come down. Denied. Watch your fingers. Watch your fingers. It all conditions the reward remained on the tester's side of the barrier. So the cash never got into the filthy mitts of the dog. Right. Good. Side. If dogs are ne- indeed able to, a, a, oh gosh, here we go. If the dogs are indeed able to ascribe intention, intention. in action to humans, says Dr. Julie, Julianne Brower, we would expect them to show different reactions in the unwilling condition compared to the two unable conditions. <laughs> right. So, so dog thinks it's going to get fed, but then when it thinks that it's thinks that the human's not <laughs> intending to do it, then it's not going to expect it's going to get fed. So the two unable ones are where they went to give it, but they dropped it on the floor. Yep. Or they went to give it and the screen came down. Or the unwilling one where I went to give it to you, but then, whoop, sorry about that. I'll just take that back and count it again. Right. So you're meant to be able to perceive that as, as different, I suppose. So I guess if you're human... You go, well, it's not the teller fault that they dropped it. It's not the teller's yeah. fault that, uh, that the barrier came down, but it was the teller's fault that they took the, the money back. Right. I yep. think that's, I think I've just actually worked it out for myself. There you oh, go. Suppose it's amazing how you can chat through these things with, yes, with yeah, cerebral minds, cerebral yep. brains, and just really, really sort it out. We would expect them to show a different blow up. As it turns out, this is exactly what we observed. The primary behavior measured by the researchers was the time dogs waited before approaching the reward they were denied. Right. The researchers, researchers predicted that if dogs are, unable, are able to identify human intentions, they would wait longer before approaching the reward in the unwilling condition where they were not supposed to have the reward than in the two unable conditions in which the reward was, in fact, meant <laughs> for I can see you thinking, mate. I can see you thinking. And so is the listener. So what they're saying, 
What they're saying, if you if you go to give them the money, go yes. to give them the money, the teller, and the and the screens come down or they've dropped it, the dog goes, All right, I know you meant to give it to me. So when it's presented the next time, I'm gonna go and get it because I know you meant to give it to me. Right. But the next time, but this time, the time you went to give it to me and you actually withdrew it, next time you go to give it to me, I'm going to be a bit, oh. What's your intention? Yeah, exactly. Is yes. your intention? There it is. Are yes. you not unwillingly unable to, is there any other words? Un, unclumsily. Unclumsily. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 for some reason you're not intending to give this to me. Yes. Okay, cool. And what did I they just, find? Just come back to the disclaimer. If you don't understand what we're talking about. There's we a very good reason for that. Yeah, don't send us an email because we don't either. Not only did the dogs wait longer in the unwilling condition than in the unable conditions, they were also more likely to sit or lie down. Action, sit or lie down. Action often actions often interpreted as appeasing behaviours, and stop wagging their tails. So when you unintentionally took it away from them, they behave differently to when you go to give it willingly. Took it away. Unable to give them away. Oh, far out. Yeah. Anyway, it's good. This is going well. The dogs in our study clearly behave differently depending on whether the actions of a human experimenter were intentional or unintentional. Said Excellent. Shunemian, the first author of the study. We should get Britta on the show. Why not? I, I can see that as that is something that, um, that should be able to tell us what's going on, surely. This suggests that dogs may indeed be able to identify humans' intention in action. Good. The adds, intention in action. Adds Hans Rockertsy from the University of Göttingen. The team acknowledges that their findings may be met with skepticism. <laughs> yes. Yep. Healthy. Or bewilderment. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute bewilderment. Yes. And that further studies needed to address alternative explanations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Let's get an alternative explanation. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a really that's the their number one conclusion. I completely agree with them. The thing I struggle with is they've got the the person with the money to accidentally drop it, and that's meant to show that they unintentionally dropped it. But what if dogs have got such a sixth sense that they go, I can tell that you accidentally pretended to drop that you didn't actually drop that you actually pretended to drop that yeah so maybe they're smarter than 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 we're even for the experiment um and and have they got anything in there lewis about what the real world applications are for <laughs> this is that how how once we've determined the 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 intention uh addressing abilities of dogs of just how much that is going to improve the quality of life for dogs around the world well i think it does have some uh, you know, some real, real IRL yeah. interpretations in real life. Now, if, yeah. if you're uh, potentially going to be a, a dog and you're going to hold up a bank. Yes. Yes. There's, there's sort of something you could take out of that. I think in Excellent. some respect of some sort, if, if you're, you're going- trying to say that dogs have a high level of intelligence, but if we can't even work out what the experiment is, they must be much higher than us. Well, it's. It, I think it sounds like they've done. A, there would have been a lot of whiteboards. Yeah, I think. If, I think it'd be something where if you were able to, it'd be one of those, uh, one of those experiments that if it was presented to you visually, then I'm sure you go, oh yeah, now I can see 
what you're trying to get at. It doesn't change much, but hey, you know, I see what you're aiming for and good on you. you. Would you believe there is a YouTube video if you want me to? Do, you, do we want to play that? Do we want to? Let's put a link in the in the show notes, and anyone that's really interested in wanting to go and see it, it'll be it'll be tops. Never, nevertheless, the paper concludes: the findings present important initial evidence that dogs may have at least one aspect of theory of mind. Theory of mind. Wow. The capacity to recognize intention, intention. in action. And I still don't know. So there you go. We try to be cerebral. I think um I think I'm suffering from intention in action when I look at the at the pile of clothes that I'm meant to be hanging up in the wardrobe, you know, and but it's actually just sitting at the bottom of the wardrobe. Like I intend to hang them up, but I just haven't actioned it. So I think I've got intention in action. But did you go to hang them on the hanger and then just accidentally <laughs> drop them on the ground and walk away? I mean, I think um, that's your intention to action, to unable, to unwilling, to accidentally unintention them. I can be clumsy when I'm going into the wardrobe. <laughs> so there is a chance that, that that could be the case. Anyway, well, there you go. I, I bet you're pleased I took the main topic today, mate. And so is the listener. Great. Well, it's, it's well, hey, you know, I've, I found it very, in, in, you know, it's, there's a, it's amazing the research that people will do. I love it. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And there's a PhD right there. But anyway, mate, so move on to. Uh... Oh, you, mean, you mean someone's written 300,000 words on that? Well, yeah. yeah. Awesome. What do you think? Do you think, uh, you think I didn't go through and just summarize it all? Come on. Just, just highlight it. I wonder yeah. what that big stack of yellow highlighters were <laughs> next year where you've gone through to try and summarize it all. I ran out of highlighters because <laughs> highlighting the important bits in, in that article. Anyway, mate, the bad, bad questions. You've got one on. Um, on best age of desecking, that's a short topic. Let's yeah, well, well, yeah, you know, so it's a bit of a, you know, we'll, we'll expand on it. We'll just take a small bit of it. But, um, one of one of my nurses, Mel, um, she's she's thinking about getting herself an Italian greyhound, much like what, oh, um, yeah, Claire. little uh, little Dante, what, the little I- Dante, the Iggy, yeah, yeah, cute, um, great dogs. So so Mel sent me through a thing today about um, uh, just asking about uh, about ovary sparing spays and what it meant with an ovary sparing spay because she was looking at a breeder's right. website where they're talking about ovary sparing spays. Oh, yes. So we might, we might sort of delve into this in a, you know, the, the just jump headlong deep into the, the, the murky, murky sewage infested waters that are, you know, desexing times and benefits and all that sort of stuff again in the future. But one thing that we're seeing sometimes is people uh, or breeders are selling puppies as being, uh, as having had uh, ovary sparing spays or hormone sparing spays. So basically what the theory on this is, is to leave one of the gonads in the, uh, like leave one of the ovaries, one or both ovaries in the, in the female dog, but then remove the rest of the reproductive tract. So then that way, the dogs won't be able to have puppies, but they'll still have the hormones. So they will still come in season. So, so they um, remove the uterus and leave one or both the ovaries. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yes. In, yeah. In the, uh, in the females and then the males, is there a similar? A vasectomy. So in, right. for the males, they look at going and doing a vasectomy. So where they take a section of the, um, of the vas deferens, which is the tube that runs from uh, the, uh, the epididymis into the, um, uh, to the tube outwards to then take the sperm out into the outside world to try and make little puppies. Right. Um, Does that any, any effect on the, uh, the, the, uh, 
the turgidity of the uh, of the remaining gonads, mate? Is there any? Well, I don't know. That? Have you have you been been to see Doctor Snip? No. <laughs> have you, no. Well, you're bringing things into evidence. You get a little personal. This, this I haven't, personal. but I, I've heard of of other people that have felt <laughs> a certain heaviness. You know, after having had a vasectomy, right. um, so I don't know whether or not that would be an issue. I guess given that these pu- it's happening to these puppies before um, they are uh, you know, sexually active, um, but you know, like if they're because they're talking about going and doing these in young puppies, like eight right. to nine weeks of age. Okay. Okay. So um, it's uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what how those dogs would feel as they're getting older, producing sperm, but then the sperm he's got nowhere to go. Anyway, um, so so basically, I think if you are me, well, I don't know about your thoughts. I don't like it. I don't like going in and um, thinking that animals are having ovary um, sparing desexings for a couple of reasons. One is. I don't like the idea of, um, oh, there's Olive. She's away. Yeah. She needs Come. some more gabapentin. Yeah. She's going, Dad, can you trim she, my nails again? Yeah. No, she's, <laughs> she's hungry. She's got the munchies. <laughs> Let her have whatever she wants, Deb. Don't get too close <laughs> yeah, to her when you a, give it to her. Don't put it on your nose this time. No, no, no. Don't don't, don't William tell it there. You know, I'm sitting <laughs> there. Look, kids, look, you can eat the treat. I'm going, ah, my nose. Um, so, yeah, so ovary, ovary sparing surgeries, I'm not a massive fan of. Um, I am not a fan of the pups going and having surgery at such a young age mm. Two, the, unless you know exactly how that procedure has been done. Is there one ovary in there? Are there two ovaries in there? If it is one ovary, which ovary has been left? That mm. dog is still going to come on heat. So it is going to be attractive to male dogs. It is going to bleed. Um, if then subsequently you need to go and do surgery, it's going to be much harder trying to find that ovary because usually we actually use the uterus to fish down to try and find where those ovaries are. So it's going to be a potentially much more difficult procedure and therefore a more expensive procedure Mm. because we're going in there and trying to make a bigger hole to go in and find where the ovaries are. It could be scar tissue associated with it as well. Mm. Um, Again, which is going to make the procedure more difficult. Um, And also I've heard of, Vets that have seen do- female dogs that have had a season have been mounted and mated by a male dog that because their reproductive tract is so small because they've been desexed, they've actually, the penis has penetrated the, the wall and they've ended up dying with a, oh, a, really? a spermatozoa peritonitis. Oh, wow. That's horrendous. That's terrible. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That. Oh, that's horrible. So, so there's- wow. So there's, I don't see where the, like the only positives that you can see with it is to say, well, they're still going to have their ovaries there so that they're still going to go through a normal um, hormonal maturity as far mm. as from closing off those, uh, those growth plates. But you know how else that can happen? Leaving all the bits in there. Mm. Yeah. Just don't, let, well, don't, don't have them done. Well, why are the breeders doing it, mate? I believe it's to try and maintain the integrity, Lewis, of their of the genetic lines. Yes. I.e., they don't want their puppies going out and having other puppies um, and potentially selling them for less than what exactly. they're selling their puppies for. Exactly. So I think it is. Yeah. I, I think it has got little to. Well, all right. I can't say that it's got nothing to do with it, but I'm sure that there is some. Thing, and it actually even says on this that it still complies then with council regulations that the animals have been desexed. 
okay, well, they've been, um, I guess, sterilized to the point where they can't have, um, they can't have babies, but gee whiz, I think, I think there's a still an awful lot of negatives that can go on and you're still going to have to go in there and de-sex it mm. um, down the track anyway. So that means it's two procedures to have mm. the, you know, for the one thing. And mm. I think that's silly. So my advice to Mel was don't get a puppy that's had an ovary sparing spay. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a real minefield, isn't it? I mean, certainly in the European, some of the Scandinavian countries, they're doing ovarectomy spays, I think. Ah, so that's where yeah. just removing the ovaries is, and leaving the uterus intact cool. in there. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I guess the again the reason for that is it's the ovaries that are the things that are producing the hormones. And so therefore, if you take the hormones away, well, then the uterus and the cervix are just going to sit there. They're not yes. going to do anything. Um, and I think in theory, the ovariectomy surgeries um, have the potential to be quicker and through a smaller incision because right. you're because um, you're only removing the ovaries. So you're not needing to actually do take mm. out the, the rest of the the uterus down to the level of the cervix um and as long as all of the ovarian tissue is taken away then you shouldn't get risks of things like pyometras which is in uh like a an infection in the uterus which often has a hormone basis to it Mm. um and uh and the risks of getting uterine cancer is low i guess we've always you know gone in there and taken the uterus out because I guess if they don't need it, well, then if it's out, it's not going to cause them any problems. But um, so, yeah. so yeah, so it, I would be very wary if you've um, if your dog's already had a uh, yeah a, a juvenile desexing. Yes, I think I wouldn't go for it if you if you got the choice. Sometimes you don't. Like a lot of mm. friends of ours, again, yeah, there's not many puppies yeah. out there, and so yeah. a lot of times owners aren't don't actually give them the choice. Um, but two. If it has been done, find out exactly, exactly how it has been done. Mm. You know, has it been a, a an ovary sparing spay? How many ovaries are still in there? Has it been a full ovariohysterectomy? Those are questions you've got to ask because that's yeah. going to have potential implications in the future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I haven't done a, a secondary spay procedure after something like that, but certainly I remember a long time ago, uh, um, a breeder client had some Newfoundland puppies um, who we ended up desexing at maybe five to six, the sort of usual age, um, yep. five to six months of age. And and uh, she brought in a puppy one day and uh, and ended up, I was on the, uh, had it on the table for desexing, female to be desexed. Yep. And I got in there and uh, and couldn't find the uterus, couldn't find the ovaries, looking around everywhere. You know, Newfoundland puppy, it's it's a fair size sort of, yeah, sort of yeah. dog trying, trying to find it, you know, getting right in there and uh, uh, did ask the nurse to check, you know, is there a tattoo in, tattoo the, ear? in the ear? I couldn't see yep. a tattoo in the ear. And eventually I did get down right down to where I thought the ovaries was. And I found just a little piece of suture material just sitting right down, sort of down near the kidneys. I went, this is really odd. Yeah, right. Uh, it looks like, and sure enough, there was someone. Someone's been here before. Yeah, someone's been here before. And then the other vet actually came in and shaved the ear. And yeah, there was a, there was a tattoo in the ear and she'd got the puppies mixed up and given me one that already been desexed. Oh, you yep. wouldn't believe. And it's, it's sort of one of those things where you're like, you're in there and it's sometimes possible that you can actually start tying off some things that aren't 
yes. needs to be tied off because yeah, you're a uter- things, a uter- yeah. could look fairly similar yeah. to. Yeah. And so it was, it was a scary moment that one. And uh, yeah, needs to say it was a bit of sweat dripping off the brow during that procedure. So, and it's I'd not going to have been, mm. it's not going to have been a 30 second thing of where you're in there saying something's not right here. Like yeah. you would have extended the incision oh, up and back, just going, look, it's got to be here somewhere. Yeah. What is going on? And the yeah. nurse is sitting there giving you yeah, yeah. Oh, the geez, he's taking his time. Taking his time. Haven't even got, haven't even got the uterus out yet. And you're thinking <laughs> this is going to be a, you know, six month yeah. old newfie. This will be all right. We're getting yeah. in and sort this out. And, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, so so there you go. So yeah, but uh, also another question um, uh, this week from uh, to, you know trying to keep in line with the cerebral side side of the podcast. Good, good. I uh, love cerebral. Yes. Is this intentionally? And in, is this an intentional? You know, cerebral question. Clumsy, clumsy, Clum- question. clumsily clumsy. intentional. Clumsy. Uh, from Indy. Yes. From Indy. Thanks very much, Indy. Um, says, um, do all mammals have an anus? Right. <laughs> Excellent. Thank so, you. Good to end it on a high note. Yes. So we're back. We started. You know, we started talking about poo and charcoal and things. It's the and, circle. Yeah. yeah. Do the all circle. mammals have an anus? And I said, well. Yeah, unless they've got a treasure, ain't I? Pretty sure. Most mammals. There should, there should be there should be a hole there somewhere. Yeah, um, most uh, mammals. My, my kids have been incredibly um like one of the, the go-to funny words in our household is cloaca. Um, yeah, like yes. it's always quite um quite interesting. So there's a uh, the, uh, we've spoken before, Lewis, about the people that live behind us that have got the chickens. And there's been a chicken out there making some fair brooding noises Ooh. over the last couple of days. And I said, geez, I, I hope that chicken gets its, you know, get, gets that egg out soon. And Camille said, Daddy, you, know, it's, you can hear it. They go, Camille said, Daddy, if you don't like the sound of it, why do you keep making the noise? I said, look, it's just, you know, I just wish for the poor chicken that it was able to dilate its cloaca a little bit and try and get that, get that egg out, you know? You know? Well, and well, so maybe, maybe a bit of fun for the afternoon, mate. Just uh, do a little Google search on the cloaca kiss. Oh, uh, that the, do, do I really want to? Well, that those young birds do. To make the eggs, maybe fertilize oh, the eggs. Oh, oh, really? That's what's called the cloacal That's kiss. The cloacal the kiss. The cloacal kiss. I had no idea. Yes. That. There you go. Gee, what else do you think they're doing? This is a cerebral podcast. They're not. They're not giving piggybacks, mate. Sorry to all the young listeners out there. They are not giving having piggyback races. No, no, no. <laughs> This is a nice. podcast. It's a cloacal kiss. I I wasn't sure where you were going with a cloacal kiss there. I thought, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I don't where know. Are we, where are we back on the chocolate starfish? No, yeah. we are not. We are not. The cloacal and on that, starfish. Yeah. High note. Yes. Um, so if, any, if anybody out there would like to contribute to this um, <laughs> incredibly cerebral podcast, if you also find cloaca a very funny word and you uh, like to try and bring it into some of your fun time conversations with your kids, please send us an email. At two vets talk pets at uh, gmail.com. Uh, find us on, on on the Twitter and the and the the, the Facebook and the um, the, um, the the Patreon. Go to Patreon, search for two vets talk pets. Um, you know, don't don't search for cloacal kiss because that might be you know that that, that could be all, all kinds of trouble. Certainly, and you can find Robbie on um, the right uh, the uh, the right fit as well. He's on, on there if the you right are, fit. The right fit. Yes. Has that got uh, anything to do with uh, with cloacal kisses? Well, oh no, 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 that's, that's, that's good. No, as you as you know, mate, your profile you've got on there the right fit for um for the for the Instagram influencers out there that uh, if if you know you're looking for someone to advertise a product at all, you can go on there and Robbie's got his profile on there and he'll he'll uh he'll advertise any veterinary product you got out there, even um, non-veterinary product. You know, right. I'll, I'll take anything. it. It's anything. fine. 
and he'll put it up on his on his Instagram page. He's no, it's a good good profile we've got on there. So go and check out Robbie on on the the right fit, right fit, the right Excellent. fit. Yes, and, uh, and uh, you, you can uh, you can get him to to uh, to promote your product on his Instagram, particularly on, if on you're the podcast on the particularly pro on the podcast for as little as two dollars a month. Yes, you know, <laughs> I'm the Patreon. right fit for you. Hopefully, I got no yeah. idea, and I, and I think I'm scared to go and look. But anyway, excellent. But if you want a sticker, go to Patreon. Except yes, you need to send one out to Claire and Dante. That'll be coming out this week. So awesome. check out your mailbox. Yes, and in, and in the meantime, peace out, everybody. Scratch you later. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.